Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. Everybody who made it here on this dreary day, uh, good for you, man. Proud of you for getting here, uh, not letting that get down on you. But to, and also to all of you out there who are watching and making that a part of your day, so glad you're taking us in uh, as well. And so, you know, my hope and prayer is that this is a place full, full, full of God's refuge and comfort and that you feel his presence today and his encouragement. How about, have you felt it so far? Good, oh boy. All right, well, I got some work to do. I got some work to do. I've been encouraged. I've been encouraged. One of the simple encouragements I've had is that I'm so glad that God gives us flannel season. Man, I'm just like, I, I got my flannels out the attic this weekend. I was like, hello, friends. Like, I just couldn't wait to get my flannel. I don't know about you. I love flannel weather. So, man, I hope you find something to be encouraged about today from the Lord. Just that it could be anything, little, anything. Anybody encouraged today by the Lord? Anybody? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Jeez. We do have some work to do. If you got your Bibles, grab them. I don't know what else to do. Romans chapter 12. Let's get encouraged by God's word, all right? Uh, so what we've been doing, I'm gonna blame the weather for this. All right, so what we've been doing is uh, we've been journeying in this book of Romans for a while now. We've been in this for six weeks. Uh, and what we're doing today is we're taking a pretty big leap uh, in chapters. We're gonna be in chapter 12 today. Uh, but we're also, for us here and for us, as, if we've been in the series, we're gonna take a pretty big jump in the theme of this as well. And so uh, where we've been so far is, is you can kind of look at this and uh, how we're doing it as a book of two halves. All right. And the first half we just got done covering. And what we've been talking about in the first half is just really what to believe, what to believe. Uh, but now what we're doing is we're taking a turn and we're going to actually start talking about how to live out what you believe. And so we're going from sound doctrine to practical Christian living. OK, and so uh, this is where we're going. This is the roadmap of where we're going over the next five weeks. We're going to look at how we live as Christians in the world in our relationship with the church, with the world with each other, uh, with our enemies, and then also how to live in those gray areas of Christian life where it's like there's not a clear black and white answer. So how do we live together in those gray areas of life? So it's gonna be really good about and really practical on how we live out this Christian life, okay? And so we're gonna pick this up today in, in chapter 12. But before we get there, uh, I'm, just, I'm not gonna assume that everybody is all up to speed. So let me get you caught up to speed on where we've been. Uh, small recap. So the recap of where we've been is Paul has basically spent 11 chapters telling us about one thing. He's been talking and teaching us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he starts out by saying that we are great sinners. We are great sinners, every single one of us. That's how we start out, every individual here. And that God is infinitely good, infinitely holy and just. And because those things don't mix, that, that we're not good and that he is, then, then our sin uh, has a penalty. Our actions put us in God's wrath and condemnation. And that's not a good place to be, okay? Because that means that we're actually sentenced because of that we're sentenced to death. We're saying that we're separated from God because of that. That's the outcome of our lives, listen to me, by both doing nothing, knowing nothing at all, and also by trying like crazy to be good enough, enough to get God's favor. Both of those put you in the same place, which is God's wrath and condemnation. That's not good news. Uh, but God, in his great mercy, he gave us a gift. He sent us his son, Jesus, who was perfect. He lived a perfect life. He was God in the flesh. And he also died in our place. He died our death uh, for God to be able to do something, for us to be justified, which means he stamped us as good because of what Jesus did for us. And that is all of us who trust in Christ and what he did. And that's the only thing that can defend us. God, Jesus is our great defender if we trust in Jesus and what he did. And that is, gang, an amazing exchange. It's an amazing exchange when you play your faith in what Jesus did because now when you do that there is no condemnation for you 
There is no death sentence for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. It's an amazing exchange, an amazing reality for those of us who have been changed by the gospel. And you're like, man, Andy, that's a lot. I know, it's 11 chapters worth, everybody. That's what we've been talking about over the last six weeks, okay? And it's what we've been doing. It's why we gave you a reading plan as well to, to feed yourself with this. We're not gonna be able to get all of that up here. It's why we're encouraging you to talk about it with everybody, to be in your home groups and talk about your reading plan and the questions that we have. And so I hope you've been doing that because, gang, listen to me, this is so important. Like, this is so important for us, not just to know, but to really take in because here's the thing. What we just talked about right there, I don't know if you notice this or not, it is so different than anything else that the world or even other religions offer you or tell you about who you are. It's so different, man, because here's the thing, religion tells you, religion tells you, listen, that, that, that you actually need to work for it and earn, earn that God and to get it. And Jesus said, no, I, I did it for you. It's paid for, I'm the way, I'm the way. And the world says, listen, hey man, you're fine. Like, you're fine. Why are you letting everybody tell you there's something wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. Don't listen to that. Hey man, you live for you. And like happiness is what our goal is. And so it feels good to do it. You don't need fix. And so listen to me, everybody. It's really different to have a belief and, and have some thinking to believe that, that we need help due to just being a human being. It's really different to think about that. Like, you just need help because you're a human being. And it's really different to believe that ultimate joy and satisfaction come from not you living for yourself, but actually living out of God's will for your life. It's just totally different. And, and here's the thing, gang. This is why I wanna lay this out really quick. This is really the tension that we're gonna start with when we start to talk about what Christian living really looks like. And honestly, why we see a lot of Christians not living it out. Like that's the, here's the tension. The tension is that there are far too many Christians who don't really live this life out uh, the way that God wants us to. And, and as a result, here's the thing, you don't look any different than the world looks. Like you're a Christian, but you don't look like Jesus has really changed you. Uh, and here's why, this is why. Because living like the world is, it's safe. It's safe to live that, it's not risky, but ultimately, here's the thing. Uh, it, you're never gonna be satisfied living that way. You're never gonna find satisfying life and it's not the life that God lays out for us. So, so here's the bottom line for the rest of this series and then you can determine whether or not you wanna do this or whether or not you wanna participate with God in this and here it is. If you, here's the thing. If you wanna have what normal people have, just do what normal people do and you'll just be like the world. If that, that's what most people do. If you wanna do that, you could do that. Do what normal people do. But listen, if you want the promises and the fulfilling life that exists with God, you gotta do what he says to do. You gotta do what he says to do. God doesn't want a normal life for you. Do you know that? He does not want a normal life for you, uh, but it takes being on a different path. It takes intentional decisions on your side. It takes like you have to change lanes in your life in order to be on the path that God wants. You're not, you're not on that path by default. And so that's where we're at. That's what we're gonna talk about over the next five weeks. It's gonna be good, but you get to determine whether or not you wanna be on this path that God lays out. So let's get to it. That's where we're at. That's where we're going. Chapter 12, and Paul lays right into it in verse one of chapter 12. So here's what he says. He says, all right, therefore, in light of all of that that we just talked about, I urge you then, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, so here's the start. This is our start of application life, that what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. And it begins with one phrase, and it's an answer to the question of this, why? Why live differently? Like, why do any of this at all? The world's not doing it. Why do I wanna look different? Why do I wanna think that way? Why do any of this? And the answer, if you're taking notes, is this, because of the mercies of God. Every single time, that's the answer. Why look different? Why live in a different way? Uh, because I live as someone who is so stunned, like so just like enamored, so like amazed 
and overtaken that a God who I know exists, who is holy and amazing and so huge and who owes me nothing, yet he actually answered my sin by showing me favor in Jesus. That's the motivation of every action that is taken by Christians who live this life for Christ. That's, that's the answer, by the mercies of God. The mercy and grace of God is the basis and it describes this life of worship. Listen to me, that's gonna be laid out over the next five chapters in Romans, okay? And he, so, so he says, okay, listen, by the mercies of God, then offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, okay? As I started reading that, I just found that sentence of strange sentence. Like, I, how do you offer your body as a living sacrifice? Sacrifice means dead, but you're a living sacrifice. So I, I just found that interesting. So I stopped and thought about this. Uh, why is it our bodies? You ever think about like, why offer my body? Why not my soul? That seems important. Like, right, right, not, why not my spirit? And here's why, here's why. If God has your body, he has all of you. If God has your body, he has all of you. Think about it this way. Have you, have you ever heard the phrase, I'm sure you have, like where you're at an event or doing a party or whatever, and then somebody says, hey, listen, I can't be there in person, but I'll be there in spirit, right? Now, are they really there? No, they're totally ghosting you, man. Like they're like having a great time somewhere else. They're ghosting you and they're just doing whatever they wanna do. And this is the thing, like when you give your body though, when you're there physically in your present, you're there, you can't go anywhere else. And this is the same for us and God is that when you give your body, you give yourself. And so you give that, listen, as a living sacrifice that, that that's what you commit to God. And so this is the starting point. Listen, everybody, this is the starting point. If you wanna write like a note in your Bibles, this is the starting point of Christian living. And gang, there are a lot of Christians who have never actually made that commitment to God. There, there are Christians who have never actually made that commitment to God. You've committed your time, you've given money, you even like dedicated your life to Jesus, but you've never actually in response to the gospel turned your body over to God and said, okay, God, like my hands are your hands, my head, my mind, my thoughts, my, 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 every, my ears, like they are yours. You do with them uh, what you want. And so, so the believer in Christ starts with saying, I'm gonna be a living sacrifice. And that is an attitude, it's an attitude of giving every part of my life to God. Now, Here's what's great about the next seven verses, okay? And here's where we're going because uh, we're like, how? Okay, like, right? Like, so it's like, hey, be a living sacrifice. Okay, what? Like, that's what most of us are doing. What does it actually look like? I know what you're saying. Offer my body as a living sacrifice. But here's what's great about God and what Paul lays out. Over the next seven verses, he's gonna say, this is what it looks like. And so that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna look at how this is practically laid out for us in the next couple of verses. So let's go, verse two. He says, all right, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Verse two, he says, all right, so do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's where we're going today. Paul's gonna give three practically like applicable things that we do in order to be a living sacrifice to God. He's gonna lay this out and it's doable and it's practical for every single Christian here. And here's the first one, we just read it, that we're gonna do. This is the first application or the way we live is that I need to let my decision for Christ, if you're taking notes, I hope you are, be my reflection to the world. I need to let my decision for Christ be what the world sees in my outward living. And so simply put gang, like I just gotta let Jesus do the work. I gotta let Jesus do some work in me, okay? And Paul says, you do it in two ways. You do it in two ways. So write these down. One, don't conform. Don't conform to the world. 
And two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you don't know, it's right there in the scripture, okay? Uh, if you wanna write those down. So let's look at these. So the first thing he says in order to do this is that you don't conform. Don't conform. And I find this interesting because he's writing to Christians. You gotta really catch that. He's writing to Christians. So here's what I'm gonna tell you. It's actually possible. It's possible to be a Christian on the inside but have an outward expression that does not reflect any change at all with Jesus to the world. It's absolutely possible. He's like, I'm writing a Christian, so, so don't do that. Because here's the thing, gang, I know you found this out. The world fights against your change in Christ. You notice that? The world fights against that change that Jesus wants to bring into your life. And so as a changed creation in Christ, you know what doesn't reflect your new life. And so you gotta fight for what that change is gonna bring. And, and so how we do that goes to the next thing. Don't form, be transformed. He says, be transformed. Now, if you wrote be transformed down there, notice, just put passive. That is passive. Be transformed is a passive statement. Here's what this means. This means that it is something done to you, it's not something you do yourself. To be transformed is something you need outside help. You need God's help. You can't do this on your own. So here's the thing, gang. To be transformed, it's more than willpower. It's more than just showing up here on a Sunday. Those are good and those are things that you could try, but uh, it's actually more like you need uh, to embrace the truth of the Bible and to start applying that to your life. Uh, and then something else is going to happen that's outside of yourself, which is this, that he will actually renew your mind. He will renew your mind. Our lives, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Did you know that? However, your life is being lived out by the, in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And I wanna tell you something as I thought about this in my life with God. When I have seen God do so many things, like the things that I'm like, that God did that, God shaped that in my life. When I've seen God do these things that he done in me, it has done in me, it's not from changing what I do as much as it's allowing to change the way I think. Those are two totally different things. It's not about me changing something that I do. It's actually, God, I need you to change the way that I think. That's where most transformation has actually happened in my life. And so here's the deal. This is like as up, I'm telling, I'm trying to be as application driven as I can. This is upfront as I could be. Every day of your life, like every moment, every circumstance that you face, God wants to renew your mind in it. God wants to change your thinking. He wants renewal to come to you. He wants gospel living in you in every moment of your life. And here's your challenge, gang, every day, every moment, every circumstance that comes, here's the challenge. Will I work with God on this and let him change me? Or am I gonna buck him and, and do conformity to the world? And gang, listen, here's the thing. This is what I want you to catch. It's in those little decisions every single day that add up and become your reflection of the world. It's not one big choice. It's not one big choice. It's a bunch of little ones every day that make you seen by the world. And, and even decisions you don't even think are that significant. They add up and add up and add up. Uh, and that's what you see. So here's what I wanna ask in this. I wanna ask this. Just, just, I want you to really think about this. What's your reflection look like? What are you reflecting to the world? That's kind of black and white. And he's like, that's what we do. The first response of a Christian is don't get sucked in what the world's thinking and, and what they're saying about me. Uh, and so that's the first way that we apply our life. The second one is gonna be in the next verse in verse three. He says, okay, so for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Okay, so here's the second application that we wanna have is that I have to have a realistic view of myself in Christ. I have to have a realistic view of myself. So I gotta let my decision be my reflection and I gotta, I gotta have a realistic view of myself in Christ. So, say, so Paul says, here's how he says you do it. You start by, he's like, you gotta guard against arrogance. Like guard against pride. 
Don't let that happen. Be, have a sober understanding of yourself. Um, arrogance, arrogance loves to tell people how good I am. Right, that's what arrogance loves it. Like, loves to show people what I'm good at. Arrogant people know more, travel further, uh, you know, work harder, play better, and they're never wrong. Right? I came across a funny, you know, those uh, motivational posters. This was like an anti-motivational poster. I thought it was funny. It said, "Arrogance. It helps when the little people understand you are simply better than they are." That's what it is. And Paul's like, "Don't do that. That's not. It's not what Christian living's like." And and here's what I want to point out. Again, I love this because it's it's really application driven. He doesn't say just don't do it, but he gives us two. Clear and how that is actually accomplished in our life with Christ. And it's on bookends of him saying, uh, guard against this. He says, listen, by the grace given to me in the front of this, and then he says at the end, according to the faith, God has distributed behind it, okay? So, so he's saying, listen, how do you actually remove yourself from arrogance and pride? Paul is saying it's God's grace that will give you a measure of faith to actually combat that in your life. It's not you, it's actually these two things. And you gotta catch this, gang. This is huge to see. This is really huge to see. What's essential here is don't be arrogant. That's not what's essential. It's not don't be arrogant. What's essential here is the faith that God has given you. That, that's what is really essential, okay? And you need to see why. Here's why. Here's why. Because when you just choose faith, which I hope we are, when you choose faith, that immediately removes you from you and puts you on something else that puts you into believing and thinking about something else. And in our case, that's Christ, that we lean in to Christ. We defined faith earlier in this series, and I love it. Faith is an act of going from self-confidence to confidence in Christ. So faith means looking away from yourself and actually looking at Jesus and accepting him and his ways as the all-satisfying thing in our life. So this is, this is so huge to get, gang, because that right there is what takes you uh, from pride, and it drives you towards humility. It drives you towards humility. I don't, uh, I don't think we get, I don't, well, I'm, I think we get humility. I think we understand humility, but I think sometimes we get confused on what humility is. I think sometimes we think something negative when we think about humility. Uh, we think of like, well, I think that means like, well, I'm no good. Uh, like I'm a doormat. I mean, I'm not valuable and I'm nothing. But here's what humility actually is. Humility is not downgrading your value. It's just actually having an honest uh, view of your position. That's what humility is. It's just having an honest view of your position. And so he's saying, hey, Paul's saying, just be realistic. Like, be realistic, have sober judgment. So he's saying, don't overestimate where you are, don't underestimate. I think, um, I think we have in Christianity, I think, I think we have the tendency to be on the, one of those two extremes in, in how we see ourselves. We either see ourselves like we're God's gift to mankind, or we see ourselves with like, man, I don't have any value or whatever, we think we're worthless. And neither one of those is right, gang. Neither one of those. So, so he says, don't get to the extremes. That's not uh, where Christian living is. So we have a realistic view of ourselves, all right? All right, let's read on to get to the third one. He says, and I love how practical he is on this. It's just great. He said, all right, for just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So here's the third way that, that we start by applying our life. And it's this, I've got to identify and use my spiritual gifts. I have to identify and use my spiritual gifts. So 
in here, we, we actually just went through the list. I think there's seven of them on this list. There's seven gifts uh, that he gives us, and there's actually other places where the spiritual gifts are listed. And, and the thing you'll notice when you go through these, uh, one is in Ephesians 4, and the other one is in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. But here's the thing, like you'll find that none of them are the same list. They don't overlap, and they're not exhaustive. And so here's what we're, where we're gonna go with this right now. So it's not really uh, about the list. The exhaustive list of gifts is not Paul's point. All right, that is not his point at all. I think that's a fault we have when we talk about these spiritual gifts. It's really important to know what yours is, by the way. But I think what we do is we're like, we look at the list and we're like, all right, what's mine? Okay, great, great. I know my gift, good. And, and that's what we do. But, but here's, I love it because what his point isn't the gifts. I don't know if you noticed, but his point is talking about the body. Did you notice that? He's talking about that, hey, I want you to visualize the church uh, and, and think about our bodies and then think about uh, the different parts of our bodies and how each part of those collectively work together to the good and benefit of what the body actually does. And that's really easy for us to visualize, right? I mean, if I want my hand to do something, I know that like there's a lot of things happening in order for my hand to grab whatever it is that I wanna grab. And so Paul is saying, okay, just think of that. Think of that when you think of your reason for having certain gifts that come from the grace of God. Like think about that one thing. And so here's what I wanna say, this is really neat. Right now, right now in this room and out there, think about, you need to think about this. You are someone in the kingdom. Like you, you are something in the kingdom of God. So you have been graciously given a gift and an ability, right? So you're like, you're an eye, you're a, you're a tooth, you're a big toe. Those are terrible body parts. Um, I did not even have that in there. I said eye, hand, and shoulder. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, well, don't think too highly of yourself, all right? So there you go. Tooth, tooth. I hope you're encouraged today. All right, so... So, so to know that, to know that, and to understand that, it's see this bigger, that you gotta understand it's bigger than you. It's bigger, because if you're just a part, man, then you gotta start thinking, man, I need more things going on, and I am actually a part of more things going on, which is the body of Christ, that's what he's saying. So you are a distinct part of the whole body, and your ability is unique, and listen, specifically needed specifically needed and useful. But here's the tendency that we have. We talk about this all the time. We do it all the time. And what we do is we're like, well, listen, man, I don't know what I have, but I just want that. Like, right, like, I don't know what, uh, you know, it's not about, I, just, I want that. Like, I don't wanna be an elbow. Uh, I wanna be a thumb. Thumb's encouraging. Yeah, like, that's what I wanna be. A, I wanna be a thumb. I don't wanna be a tooth. And uh, so that's where we go, right? That's, that's what we end up doing. Um, and, and so when I was in eighth grade, when I was eighth grade, I remember uh, I, was, I was a basketball player. I loved basketball. It was like life to me at that point in time. And I had an opportunity to go to a big time camp, a big time camp. It was, it was in a university in Pennsylvania. Uh, and there was only a couple of us that went and I was, I was pumped, man. I was like, I'm gonna show them what I got. And, uh, and then right away I got dunked on by an eighth grader, okay? And uh, we didn't have anybody on our whole high school team that could dunk everybody. That's just where I came from. And, but I thought, okay, like that's, I'm not a big guy. That's, not, that's my, not my deal. I, I'm a dribbler, I'm a point guard, right? And so then I get into the first drill and there's a kid my size with two balls dribbling is better than I could with my dominant hand. And I remember in that moment, I was like, I'm pretty good at math. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna work on math. 
and I became an engineer. There you go. So there you go. And I'm telling you, man, if it were up to me, I would be an NBA also right now, but it was not in the cards, everybody. I know, I know, shocker. Uh, and so, but same with the gifts. Same with the gifts, everybody. Here's what you gotta know. This is why Paul's like, I wanna make sure you understand it's about the body. And so it's not about what we want. It's about what we've been given. And this is important in understanding how they actually work and how they actually work. See, you've been given a gift. Don't believe you haven't. You've been given a, you've been given an ability by God, it's awesome. And it's been given for one reason and one reason only in the context of the body of Christ. That's why you have it. And this right here, I think, is a key to true joy in your life with God. It's not knowing what your gift is, it's actually understanding why you have it. I'm telling you right there. I probably have, I mean, I bet you Chad and Blair could attest to this. I probably have the same conversation about dozen times a year with, 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 with folks. And it's about the same thing as people coming to me and say, man, I'm just like, I don't know, man, I'm just spiritually dry. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm frustrated. And, you know, I'm reading and I'm praying. And I'm doing all this stuff. But man, I'm just like, nothing's really firing me up, man. And I'm telling you, gang, the first thought that comes to my mind is you're like, you're probably not living out Romans 12, five and six. You're, you're not distributing. You're not, you're not like others oriented in your living. Like you're doing all this inside work, which is great, but that's not the goal. That's not the key. You're not deploying the gifts for the benefit of the body. And I mean, and here's the thing, because when you use that right, I'm, man, there's nothing better. I'm, there is nothing better than seeing someone as a result of you, like using the gifts that God gave you to grow and mature in Christ. And for you to see that you were a part of it, there's nothing better. There's nothing more exciting uh, than, than doing that and seeing people as a result uh, of that. You know, one of the, the, so, so here's what I'm saying. One of the markers, this is a simple marker of the Christian life. This is one of uh, the basic ones is knowing your gift and using it for the benefit of the body. And, I'm, and it's, you know, no one's left out on this. Some of you think you got like shafted or you're like, I don't know if I got one. You got one. Uh, God says in the Bible to each one. So every single one of you has one. How do you find your gifts? How do you find your gifts? Well, I would start by doing what Paul already told us to do. I would back up and I would say, okay, I'm gonna apply my life to not conforming to the world and what the world says I'm good at. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna actually allow God to change my mind and I'm gonna actually be transformed by him. And when you do that, gang, just by doing that first thing that Paul said to do, when I just allow God to do those things, then, then when the grace and mercy and, and we put our faith in action there as our guide, then you will naturally like start working in the community of God that you will naturally start doing that. I'm telling you, we see it all the time. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Man, you just naturally get into it. Uh, and then you find yourself like operating within ministry and doing stuff, serving here, like going out and saying yes to those things with the body of Christ. You're getting a home group, you get on a serving team. And then actually through that service, like that's where you'll see your gifts more and more. People will tell you things. They'll be like, man, did you, did you notice this about you? Man, you're really good at that. Hey, uh, you taught that well. Or man, you're really encouraging. That's a gift, you know, and that's what happens. And so your service will bring up your gifts. And so that's just as simple as I, I can keep going into that, but I'm telling you, start living out the way that Paul says live and you'll start seeing your, your gifts in action and you'll notice God wants to use those for the kingdom to be grown. So this is the message today. This is our starting point for Christian living. This is where we start. This is where we go. This is the choice that you get to make. This is how a person starts to respond to God, to go from doctrine to application that we do things, we do things with God's mercy and grace to apply our faith in this life. And so here's how I wanna end. I wanna end with, I'm gonna ask you three questions. I'm gonna ask three questions that, that have to do with what we just talked about. And, and, but here's the thing, gang, like I, 
I was really, I'm not sure, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it this way or not, but I, I wanted to do it for a few reasons so you could keep your notes in your book and not click yet. And, and, which I'm happy that you have those. And I, I, I feel like they're really useful, man. So I, here's the thing, man. I, more than the questions I wanna ask, I wanna challenge you today. I wanna challenge, like, I wanna urge you, man, to not just like take this in and say, that was good, or like, hey, man, those are really good questions. I want you to, man, get with your spouse on these. Really ask God these questions. I think that some things are gonna come to light, man. I want you to really ask God on this because I want you, I mean, I wanna urge you to fight. Like, fight for your faith. Fight for your service to God. Because listen to me, man, if you're not doing that, if you're not like fighting for your faith and if you're not fighting for your service to God, then honestly, gang, like all this really is for you, and I hate this, is just kind of a weird hobby. And, and it's the, one of the worst hobbies that you could ever have where you just kind of show up and there's like really no change that happens in your life, man. You could do so many better things out there than do this. And that's not what we're here about, man. I, could, I just couldn't think of anything more boring to be a part of, to be honest, where you see nothing happen in your life and you just keep coming here and showing up. I, so, so, man, I just, for us though, I just wanna see, man, like uh, to, to see that, that we do uh, see that these things are working in our lives. We wanna be working for God. And so it, for those of us who do see life with God for what it is, then here's where we go, man. Then we, we live like Jesus matters. And so then our reflection matters, right? We have a proper perspective of ourselves and we understand that the gifts that God gives us are sacred, sacred things. And they're empowered in us through the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. And so then really not to use those, we see that it rips off the kingdom and it rips off other people. And so we use them in humble service. That's what we do. We don't waste them. And so, okay, so here's my questions. Here's my questions. I hope you write them down, man. Number one. What am I feeding my mind? What is getting through the filters of your mind? What is getting through the filters of your mind? And how is that affecting your ability to not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by God? What, where are you at with that? Like, how's that, how's that going for you? Because I'm gonna tell you something. Our culture is absolutely the worst place to get your guidance in life. And I'm telling you, if you're not careful, man, you're, and if you're not counterbalancing that with God's word, my fear is that like more is getting past your checkpoints of, of living this life than you think. I'm just telling you that right now. There's way more getting past, like you don't even see it and it's getting right past in how you're living your life. And gang, this is so obvious. I hope you know this and I hope you see it. Most people in the world, including entertainment industry, are not living out God's will for their lives. You hear me? They're just not. And so I'm just trying to tell you that. And so I think you're getting influenced more than you think. And I came across a quote the other day that hit me and it was somebody who said this. I think America has lost its ability to blush. Think about that. So I'm just gonna, where's your tolerance level these days? Is it going up? Is it going down? Where's your tolerance level these days? Where are you getting your prompts and living this life? And here's the thing, gang, like, listen to me. I'm not saying, hey, don't watch anything past PG. And I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, listen to me. Is there more coming your way from God than what actually is coming your way from the world? That's all I'm asking. Is there more coming your way from God than, than the world's perspective? The more you fill your mind with good things of God and what he says in his word, the more you'll be transformed into who he wants you to be, which is more and more like Christ. And so that's the first question. What am I feeding my mind? I hope you asked somebody that. Second one, how do I think of myself? How do I think of myself? If your closest friends and if your coworkers, if I got them in a room and we asked, all right, man, what do they think of them? Like, what do they think of themselves? And if zero was worthless and 10 is like, I'm God's gift to everybody, where would you land? Like, where would they say you are? God says, hey, listen, don't think too highly of yourself, but don't believe you don't have any value. 
Don't, that's not where Christian living. How healthy is your view? Man, that's a huge question to ask. How healthy is my view? Uh, and where's my perspective in Christ? Because the health of your view, this is what I believe. The health of your view absolutely determines your ability to be living the life that God wants you to live. You can't be on either extreme. How do I think of myself? Number three, am I using the gifts God has given me for the purposes of growing his kingdom? Let's leave that up for a minute. That's a long sentence. Am I using the gifts that God's given me? Am I just doing that? How would you rate yourself on just understanding and recognizing that you're a part of the larger body of believers here? You're a part of the larger body of believers in Christ in the world and then that you're part, you are a part, you need to be a part of building that up by using the abilities and gifts that God has given you. Listen, man, like here, you know this, you know this, man, you don't have time for everything in your life. You know that, right? Like you don't, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. There are things that people who are in the flow of this and being used by God uh, in, in this way, and they are ruthlessly getting rid and eliminating uh, things out of their schedule to be in the flow of this. They're not, it's just not happening on, by default. They are ruthlessly eliminating good things to say, no man, this is where life really is. Uh, and so you're gonna have to uh, prioritize differently. I'm telling you, man, you're gonna, your schedule needs to look a little different and uh, you, your lifestyle may need to change a little bit. And honestly, that's why a lot of Christians, I'm telling you, that's why we see a lot of Christians never seeing this one come to be. If there's anything I wanna urge you in is this one. There are a lot, of, I'm telling you, man, uh, I met a lot of extremely gifted Christians who are too busy for God and not using the gifts that he's given you for the benefit of the kingdom. And it's the saddest thing for me to see. It really is. It's the saddest thing for me to see. And it's one of the reasons uh, why there are so many gaps within the church. Dude, it's like why we exist. Like, that's why we're here and, and we need each other. We need you and the gifts that he's given you. Not because you're awesome, but because God's like, man, I, I wanna do something in you because of me. It's just awesome. So here's how I wanna end. Here's how I wanna end. We'll be done. So like, think about like any change you made in your life. This is where I wanna go in the next five weeks with this. So this is a bigger sort of thing. I want you to think about this and just take it home. Any major change in your life, okay? It first begins with like some sort of vision you have for like what, you, right? You're like, that's what I wanna see, right? I wanna see that and that's how I want it to be. And so it's a vision of what you wanna see. And so then uh, you plan, right? Then you take steps, then you sacrifice for it, and then you see it kind of come to be. Like that's, that's like what happens. And, and so here's what I want to press on you. How many of you have done that in your spiritual life? Like, do you have a plan for where you want to be? Do you sit down and go, this is where I want to be, Lord, in five years. This is where I want to be next year. This is where I want to be as a dad. This is where I want to be as a brother. This is where I want to be in the church. Like, this is what I want to see. I want to see you do amazing things, God. Like how many of you really sat down and seriously asked like, okay, like this is where I want my spiritual life to be. What vision for the future do you have for your spiritual life? How bought into this are you? Or is this just kind of a weird hobby that you have? I'm glad you're here, by the way. I don't wanna like knock that. I'm just saying it's a horrible hobby to have. If you're not coming to see God, I only need to change me. And man, I wanna be living for the kingdom and, and be doing something. What plans do you have for achievement? Because God, I'm gonna tell you right now, whether you have a vision or not for this, God has a vision for you. You know what his plan is for you? It's awesome. He says, I want you to be like my son. That's awesome. I wanna, I wanna form you and renew you and give you just this amazing plan to be more and more like Jesus. Whew. There's nothing better to live for. And here's where I landed, gang. I'm just telling you, this is where I was. By the grace and mercies of God, I just, I, I determined it. I said, dude, I'm looking at the world. I'm looking at you. I'm seeing what you say. I'm seeing what they say. And for me, man, I, here's where I, I just want to try my best, man. I'm telling you, as a result of that, I want to try my best to live my life for him the way that I know he would live if he were me. And, and I just, that's all I want to do. I've just determined it. That's just where I'm at, man. Like I'm just bought in. And, and by, here's the awesome part, man. By the mercies of God, I get to do it. 
It's great. He's like, okay, then let's go. And, and then what's even better is that he gives me directions. <laughs> it's great. He doesn't like leave you hanging. And then he gives me the Holy Spirit like in me to like empower me and like say, okay, man, now you got that. And I'm, here's where I'm at. I'm just like, let's go. Man, I'm just, let's go, God. Like with the ups and downs of wherever at. And because I've just decided, man, it's the best way to live. 20 some years in is still the best way to live. That's where we're going over the next five weeks. Have you determined that for yourself? I'm just, a lot of questions to ask this, this week. Let's pray. God, thank you for therefore. Thank you that we have this greater vision that we can have for our life, that you have a greater vision for us, that you just want us to be more and more like your son. That is an awesome vision that we can have. And there's practical, there are practical things that you give us. I love that. You give us directions. You give us the Holy Spirit. You wanna empower us with, with, with living the way that you want us to live, but you don't leave us hanging left on our own. It's by your power, it's by your renewal, it's by the change that you bring, and you wanna give it to us. That's the best news ever in this way that, that you want us to live the Christian life. Thank you for Jesus that just gives us this opportunity that we, are, that we are made right by him. And now we have the Holy Spirit to help us and be empowering us to actually live this life that he wants to live. It's the, it's the life worth living. I pray that we are convinced that. Help us to ask these questions, not just to ourselves and to you, God, but to others that can help us lean into this more. Help us kind of get challenged. Help us have the courage to take a different step, to get on a different path, to change a lane in our life so that we could live the life that you want us to live. A lot of things to be thinking about and doing. I pray you take it from here, God. Holy Spirit, work in us until we see each other again. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name, amen.